0: There's a dog barking on the other side of the fence. And I'm glad there is a fence. Oh, why are you so mad at me? Why are you so mad at me? I'm just walking here in the forest. Pre-recording a show. I'm not, I'm not talking to you. Well, you can bark. He's probably just saying hello to you as a listener to this episode of The Walk. And if uh, if you were curious to know what the... What the Resolution was of of last week's cliffhanger Will there be another Episode of the walk pre-recorded by Father Roderick Well, by now You will have discovered that Indeed, I did record another episode (coughs) (coughs) Where am I? Where am I? I'm walking on this Sandy path For horses And on my left is what looks like A vacation home camp or tons of cars and wooden houses. I've, I don't think I've ever been here before. It's uh, I can't even trespass. I do hear, by the way, I do hear the railway. And that's a good sign because somewhere in this forest is my bike. I have no clue where. I left it when I started recording last week's episode and then I just started walking. I don't have my uh, GP... Oh, actually, I do have my phone. I just check my... I was like, I don't have my phone with me, but actually, I do have my phone in my pocket. Well, it's more adventurous to just follow my nose, as they say in the Netherlands. Uh, one of the things I wanted to share with you last week, but I didn't have time for, was this great experience that I had uh, in, in developing a pilot series. This has always been part in, of, of the way... Uh, I was dreaming of working in the in the future um, before you launch a new production or a series or a podcast or a TV show I wanted to to develop uh, pilot episodes and my My challenge is always to find ways to produce good content that is visually attractive if it 's for video or or if, if it 's for audio with you know a good sound quality and everything but also a good concept that people actually would like to listen to and because I was always uh, working on such a small scale oh wait a minute, this is not a railway, this is a this is a road and this road is there is no railway in where am I? okay, well don't worry about that. While I'm talking, I'll try to find my way back to my bike <laughs> if I can. So, um, because we were always working small scale with SQPN and in the beginning with Tridio as well, never really could find the time to, 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 to develop pilot episodes. But now that we're focused and we know that we, are, uh, we need to produce content Not just for the international market. Market sounds a bit commercial, but for an international audience, let's put it that way. But that it's also vital that we develop um, content for my Dutch audience, or uh, I should say, our. This is not Tridio; is not mine. It's it's a we do this as a community. But there is a difference in. Uh, in target audience and also in the needs of that audience. With uh, Tridio International, we are first and foremost focusing on... Where am I? Where am I? I don't know. There's a a road. This is Seust. I told you so. Anyway, it's the wrong village. (laughs) Um, But I do know how to get to the train tracks, I think, I hope. Um, So the... um, the target audience is, let's try to make contact with all these groups outside of the bubble of the, the Catholic Church. And I've always had this missionary approach, like I want to share this message and what moves me with the world. How do you do that? By engaging with the world, engaging with the culture and, and build bridges. But instead of starting at your side, you start at the, in the world of the people you want to reach. Um, with the Dutch part of what I do on television, for instance, that audience is much more um, delineated. It is a predominantly Catholic audience that is looking for Catholic information, um, and uh, we have a an incredible lack of of good quality Catholic programs in the Netherlands. Um, and that's, so that's very different from, from the international setting where you, with one click of the mouse, you can find tons of websites and YouTube channels and even entire Catholic TV stations that will provide you with a lot of information and uh, videos and interviews about all sorts of Catholic topics. That does not exist in the Dutch language uh, countries. I'm speaking of the Netherlands, but also part of Belgium where they speak Flemish. There is almost no Catholic video or TV content. It's all been pushed to the sidelines, uh, defunded, etc., etc. And that's a massive problem because if a, a community needs also to be nourished, um, and more—it's more than just nourishment. It's also to, to have this sense of belonging. Media plays a big role in that, the feeling that you're part of a larger community that you can be proud of. How can you be proud of a church that you never see, you don't witness what's going on, uh, and, and what this church and what this faith is is, um, is making happen in the world? So what I wanted to do in my TV show was, well, let's show the world, but also our own Catholic people, what 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 the, the light that... that people of faith bring into the world what is this faith helping them to do how do they make the world a better place and i love doing that it's very different from the approach that i have with Tridio international and so my focus with the dutch channel or with the dutch programs is like let's try to reach this more this catholic group first and then have a kind of a, a landing area for people that are interst- interested in, in the Catholic faith. Um, the reason that I stop and ponder is that I do see another train track, but this may be the wrong train track. I don't know. We'll see. Um, the um, the 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 issue is that in my country. Uh, the, the 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 few faith-based Christian programming that is still on national TV is being relegated to the void. <laughs> we have a political constellation that is trying to uh, to to keep the system running, and the system is, of course, under a lot of pressure because the the, the the media world is changing. People are younger. People are no longer watching TV. They're watching YouTube. They're watching Netflix. Uh, Court cutters. That's a big thing in the Netherlands. And so, with less advertisement revenue, um, there is less budget to keep our uh, public uh, broadcasting world turning. And so. Politicians are now pushing, and this is part of the seculariz- secularization in my country. They're pushing to to solve the, the the deficit of the budget by eliminating Christian content. And their re- uh, reasoning is, uh, Christianity has disappeared from our society. People are no longer going to church, and so if the if the our society is secular, then religion should not be. Uh, financed by the government uh, should, shouldn't be financed by the state if churches want to spread their wor- their message they'll have to do it um, paying for it by themselves and finding their own channels I of course disagree with that first of all I disagree with the premise because I think that uh, you know it's a typical like city like western part of the Netherlands uh, presumption that there- people are no longer religious because they're no longer going to church well, if you would count the number of people that would still identify as Christians and as Catholics, you'd be surprised how large of an audience that is. And uh, so that's that's kind of part of the narrow-mindedness, the kind of the narrow vision of the people that l- work in politics, which is in the western part of the world It's the most secular, secularized part of the country. So that the premise doesn't is not correct, but also it's it is part of. Um, Oh, actually, I think I am at the right train track. If I go here to the left, I'll eventually end up at the path that would lead to my bike. I'm almost certain, because I run here early in the morning a long time ago. Uh, so, um, it is... One of the reasons that we have a public broadcasting system is that if if everything were commercial, then only... Uh, programs would be made that are commercially viable. Which would mean that a lot of minorities in our society would not have a voice anymore. Not just a voice to the outside world, which is already very important. Think of the various religions that you have in a country. Uh, My country has a very strong Christian uh, presence, of course, but also a Muslim community. But if we never hear about that Muslim community, and if the Muslim community can never tune in and see what these Christians are doing, then how can they get closer to each other? How can there be understanding or peaceful cohabitation between all those groups? And we know from history how dangerous it is if different religions don't speak to each other anymore. It creates so much tension in society. Whereas the, co- the opposite is also true. It's a double-decker train here. Passing on my right. Um... The opposite is also true when, when religions, religions do speak to each other and, and find common ground, then they can be a source of good in society as well. And I think it is by par excellence the task of a public broadcasting system to give voice to those minorities because of the balance in society. So even if, if Christianity has become a minority, which I don't think it is, uh, then even then, of course public channels should be the place where they can also show what they're doing and, and contribute to society instead the reasoning in The Hague, that's where, where our politicians live, is well, but we need money for, for soccer they're, they're buying the rights to soccer games and the but, they spend millions on that and then they, the, the, the cheapest programs on TV are the, are the religious programs. And they completely kill those And with the excuse, well, we need to save money. I was like, well, get rid of the stupid soccer. That's what commercial channels can, can broadcast. That's what the, the entire sports world is, is run by commercials and has a commercial nature. So that is not a public task. If you want to put sports on TV, show the the school leagues and the stuff that is happening in the in the, in the villages and the, the, pe- the sports that don't get on TV. Like, for goodness' sake, instead of buying the rights to the Olympics, which are super expensive, show the uh, the Olympics for the Special Olympics. Show that that is that is a public task, that is improving our society. So anyway. I can get really mad at that. (laughs) I should go into politics. Well, no, actually I shouldn't. But I should talk to politicians about this and raise my voice. Maybe part of my growth in assertivity. I need to become a voice for Catholics and Christians, a voice in the media that fights for (laughs) justice and airtime and money to make these programs. It's important. Well, anyway. We're way too modest, usually, religious people, so we let let society walk all over us. It's stupid. Anyway, (laughs) if this is truly going to happen, that could actually be the end of my TV show. Let's let's face it. It's a remote possibility. I don't expect it to happen, but if this trend is moving on, and it's not that next year all of a sudden they'll make a lot more money. Actually, I think these decreasing... uh, Revenues from advertisements are going to have a bigger and bigger impact every year. And if they're already starting to attack the Christian programming on TV, then you can be sure that in a few years from now, there will be nothing left. And so, you can do two things. You can either accept that and just, well, I'll just find another job. Or, you say, well, if that is a situation that, that is likely... And you can predict that this is going to happen eventually, and you have no political power to to change that why don 't you think about a plan b why don 't you self organize do actually what they tell you to do? Well, if you want to you know spread your message, organize yourself, pay it for yourself well, like well, okay, if there's no other option, why don 't we why don 't we take what is actually i think an injustice and think about ways in which we can still be effective in the media. And that's, of course, what I've been doing for so long. Do you think that on on national TV there would ever be room or budget for a series about Harry Potter, about documentaries, about Star Wars? No, of course not. <laughs> Let alone, you know, about these crossroads between religion and and fantasy and stuff like that. That's niche programming. But we have found ways to reach an audience and to contribute to our culture and to society, uh, but by, by creating new channels and find more efficient ways of producing content and be more innovative. And so my big, big idea is, in the Netherlands, we need to get that off the ground. It's not something I can do by myself. Because the need for information and the need to produce quality, Catholic quality content, is... ...much greater than I can uh, resolve by myself... ...or even with a few people that work at Tridia right now. We need to aim for much higher output and higher quality... ...and in order to be able to pull that off... ...you need more resources. You need a community that helps carry that financially... ...but also helps you spread that message. Because if you use social media to spread your message then it's all about the social connections. You need to have people that repost and like and, and share stuff. That's how content reaches large audiences. So that is a f- totally fundamentally different approach to, to building up a channel or building up a communication channel than you would do in the world of old-fashioned radio and TV. Well, I want to take up the challenge. I want to do this. I feel I can. I have the experience. I have the know-how. Both technically, but also in terms of what is required to create good content. And I think, I not just me, but as, a, as, a, as, a, as a, an enterprise, that's what we are at Tridio, we have the creativity to do it in a different way. We're not afraid to try out new stuff. Um, so that's just the overall context of what, I'm, uh, what I wanted to share with you today one of my uh, um, challenges is how can I build up support for this idea and how can I do it in such a way that it won't distract me or detract me from producing international content as well so that's equally as important that can only be done by having more people work uh, on, on this project uh, if you want to grow <laughs> and you are at the limit of what you can do individually you need to find other people who can in, in the spirit that, that you have you know, kind of as part of that mission that you've already formulated can act and add their talents to the, to the mix so one of my first convictions or like ideas is we need to grow we need to grow in people we need to grow in in space if you want to oh space. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of Starship Trio. Um I mean room to uh create content. You need to have more places where you can film stuff, you need to have equipment, you need to have editing stations, uh you need to have place for the people that actually work, so that's one thing. I'm already I have some ideas about that, but that's for later. Second is second um, requirement is you need to convince other parties that can share in that mission that also want to carry out that Catholic identity and their message and the contribution that Catholics can have in the world and Catholic thought can have also in society. It's also there's also a theoretical side to this. It's like the Catholic view on society and on what it means to be human and what we're supposed to do and how we're supposed to live together that is something that can actually appeal also to non-Catholics it can ha- be helpful in, in politics think about moral thinking ethical thinking you know the moral tradition of the Catholic Church is not just based on rev- revelation uh, a lot of the of the uh, moral philosophy of the Church is, is built on philosophy on ethics, on universal values that are true even if you don't share uh, the, the Catholic convictions. It's actually essential to, for instance, human rights, if that would only be built on religious convictions. That would be a disaster to human rights because there are lots of different religions and it really makes a difference uh, what religion you uphold when it comes to your view on, you know, what rights of people is, look at some of these more radical uh, Islamic states, or what, or what Christians. Let's be honest with Christians have done in the past in the name of faith. Uh, y- you need to build uh, moral uh, thinking on universal values, and so you need to have a strong uh, philosophical foundation underneath your thinking so that you can share, that it can actually be defendable <laughs> and be shared by people of all faiths and all convictions. But that is something that is actually quite rare to have that vision of um, morals and ethics that are not circumstantial, that are not built on consensus, but that are built on universal values. And uh, in society, and I think that's probably true for yours, wherever you live in the world, Probably something you've seen as well. In many countries, um, ethics have become very in flux, almost like, well, yeah, you can't kill your neighbor, but we can kill an unborn child because we don't, we doesn't call that life. We don't, we don't call that life. You know, that's not a human being. That's just a few cells, and 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 that so that is an example of. Arbitrary thinking. It's not, whereas the Catholic Church, actually, they, they will not say we're, we're pro life because we're religious. Of course, as it says, that uh, is very much part of, of, of our, our Christian tradition to be pro life and to defend the unborn child, but it's based on an objective value and on, on I think, just sound, rational thinking. I would would defend that to an atheist as well, um, that you cannot delineate human life. The moment that life begins to grow, it is in essence already a human being. The only thing it needs is time and protection to grow out. We have all been at that stage of just being a few cells. And as... Much as you can't kill me right now, at least morally you can probably, but morally it would be unethical to kill me now. Well, what's the difference between Father Father Roderick of two years ago? And if you go back, you know, what is... If you kill the Father Roderick that's just three days old, is that morally... uh, What's the moral difference between killing me now? Actually, I've already had most of my life behind me, so... It would actually be more ethical to kill me now than, than at the start of my journey through life. Because otherwise you would deprive me of everything that I've experienced in my life. You know, that you would have robbed me of, of this beautiful experience of being loved and being able to contribute to this world. That, that's the kind of thinking in the church that I think needs a voice in the media as well. And it needs it more than ever. And it definitely needs it in the Netherlands. Because our churches have crawled under a rock almost. It's as if Catholic Church, by also caused by the, the scandals, etc. But it's, it goes way deeper than that. It's also this, this, this idea that you have, they've been in this bubble for too long. And so they're not, not used to stand up for their faith and, and bear witness in public. And media it is public. So because of that we have completely lost our influence and our contribution to the world nobody li- nobody cares everybody thinks that these christians and, and <laughs> first of all the catholics just a bunch of of weirdos that believe in fairy tales and have these idiots bishops with mitres and santa clauses and everything not to be taken seriously it's almost as if you say i'm a catholic goodness gracious how can you be catholic how do you, you know why on earth would anyone be catholic that's kind of that's the that's the general consensus that you hear in in public debate and i think the only way to counter that is to be brave to be courageous and also be joyful and just say what you stand for and use arguments that people can understand and and trying to contribute in a positive way, so that gives you that that rebuilds your moral um, prestige is perhaps a too big of a word. Um, your your believability to speak on ethical questions. First of all, you need to be believable. And if the Catholic Church has had so much, has caused so much damage, and because of that, is no longer being taken seriously by. People that, even by Catholics themselves, and, and let alone by people that are not sharing that faith, the only thing you can do, of course, is repent and change your behavior and reform. That's a. That's a that should be part of the fabric of the Catholic Church. But and on the other side, it should not scare you away from standing firm for the truth, because the truth transcends human failure. And even if. I'm a sinner and I have done so much wrong then still I need to be able to speak out my faith that there are universal truths there. there is a God that is beyond my failure and that does love the world and, and is trying to reform his people, etc, etc So, that's, that's all about the why I need to do something and, uh, and and uh, the, the, what I try to do is to convince other uh, parties that are Catholic, other groups, and that may actually be able to to have deeper pockets than than we have at Tridio because we're we're really uh, working on a shoestring budget. It's not even a shoestring. I wish it was a shoestring, tiny, tiny, tiny. But if we work together, and I can convince uh, a, a number of, of groups in our society and our Dutch society to come along with this and to help us rebuild our voice in in society and culture through the media, then I believe that this can totally work. But you cannot raise uh, enthusiasm for a project as big as this, because this is big, without showing first an example of what you mean and how you can do this. Now you can pull this off and the first question is is always... How can you do what television is doing if you don't have the budget? How are you going to finance that? How are you going to organize that? Here is a path to the right. But I don't think it's this path that, I, that leads to my bike. I think it is uh, much further down the road. I'm taking a massive detour today. <laughs> so... Um, And and, and that's a very reasonable objection. You cannot do exactly what you do on television and expect to reach the same amount of people uh, without the means and without the infrastructure. So, especially in these early stages, you need to be super creative. How can we create programs that people will actually want to see and that will build up enthusiasm and grow the audience? Well, that's where... My experience of the past 13 years comes in handy because I know how to reach large audiences by tapping into things that people actually care for. And that doesn't necessarily start with the moral theology of the Catholic Church. Sometimes you have to kind of lower the threshold a little bit to ease people in. And I know that one of the topics that we have in common with so many other people is is the world of our imagination. It's the stories that we tell each other, the movies that we watch, the television series, the video games that we play, the books that we read, uh, the art that we express. There's so many. Those are easy, very easy entry points to large audiences. And what you do then is figure out ways in which you can create unique value Value that you can find no one nowhere else or that nobody has thought of. And actually that is easier than it's, than it looks. Because you know, on an international scale it's really hard to stand out. If you look at YouTube, you type in any topic, you will find videos about that. In the Netherlands or in the Dutch speaking part of the world, it's actually it's a much, much smaller community of of creators. Um, most of them will do this as a hobby a lot of them are very young and don't have the know-how or the experience they still do great stuff and they get great numbers but if this world of online media and on-demand media is maturing the need for content that goes beyond uh, the, let's say the stunts or the, the, the slapsticks kind of stuff that is so popular nowadays and it's easy to film and it doesn't require oh there's a horse it uh, doesn't require much, uh, much quality I think this actually is the path that I have to follow I still want to ride a horse one day um, or is it is this the right one I think it is. I'm going to follow this. I'm not sure, but we'll see. Oh, wait a minute. Well, let's see. I, actually, I think this is not it. I think I have to follow the horse a little bit more. But I'll I'll walk here and then I'll turn to the right if this isn't the right entry into the woods. Um, so, uh, okay. So, we start with these easy targets one of the the things that I always try to look for as well is do I know people because ultimately that content has to be produced by people that that can share your vision and that can also reach a certain amount of quality so I'm racking my brain all the time, do I know people that already share a passion that that we can upscale, do I know people that are knowledgeable about t- a topic or a, a number of topics that can actually re- that a lot of people can relate to? One of the first people that came to mind was this couple uh, of John and uh, Mary Eleanor or Maya um, Domic the Domics the family lives in uh, Tilburg, and I had interview. I come uh, uh, met them actually at uh, one of those uh, fantasy f- festivals, Elfia, or was it Elfia? Or probably, yeah, it was Elfia, I think. So anyway, so I interviewed them already, and so I knew I knew that they. But well, that was just about fairy tales and stuff. But I knew that they were comfortable on camera, and uh, this is definitely not where I need to be here. Let's see, how do I get to that other path? I may actually turn to the right here, follow the horse track, and then turn to the right. Well, probably involve some climbing. <laughs> we'll see. Um, so I know that uh, they are, uh, they, and uh, the, one of their passions is movies. They have, just like me, they have a subscription to their local theater, so they can watch any movie they want. And that's what they do. They actually go to the movies uh, at least once a week, sometimes twice, or in this you know, holiday time or summer vacation, uh, almost on a daily basis. They love movies, but they also love to talk about movies. And I, while I was interviewing them about fairy tales, I was like, ah, this could totally work. We should do a series about movies. How? How can I <laughs> involve them in... Uh, in a series that we could film and how are we going to do this in, in a way that is affordable and is manageable because of course people have their own lives they have jobs they have families so i need to come up with something that is easy to realize that adds value to the to social media so it has to offer something that you can't find elsewhere and uh and it needs to be good. It needs to have relatable people that, that share your, your, your view, your, your mission. And I knew that they did, because, you know, we've gotten No, no, he's a deacon. And uh, the two of them are, are, are very uh, enthusiastic, joyful Catholics. And that's what, that's what the world needs. <laughs> so, uh, very quickly, I, something came together. It's like, well, what if we could just go there Summer summertime now we'll we'll go and visit them on a morning and we will film short three minute long reviews of movies that they've seen recently but we'll just put them on in a a nice environment, I was thinking outside or in the city or something, they came up with well why don't we ask our local theater if we can film there, and that's what they did and the local theater was enthusiastic and they gave us a space to film I I went there with Martin on uh, Monday morning. We put in place... I think I have to go to the right here. If I'm not mistaken, this is going to go past a forest on the right and then we'll, we'll go through some hills and that will bring me to my bike. So anyway, I take two cameras with me, two sets of microphones, one of which I just repaired the other day. Um and uh and two tripods and uh not much preparation they made a list of all the movies that they had seen in the past uh what is it two uh, month and a half or something like that it was a list of like 13 or 16 movies and we put them on the chairs i had no idea if this would would work because before, and even the day before, I was still thinking, of, oh, we should probably have like a conversation with the three of us where I would ask them questions about that movie. And then like the, the evening before, I was like, well, let's not do that. Let's just film a conversation between them. Because my face doesn't always have to be in those productions. That is not sustainable in the future. Why not do it? This is just a couple that loves movies and loves to chat about it. So we put them in a chair. That's exactly what I thought here. I can go down this hill, turn to the left, and then I will have found my bike. If it's still there. If it's not been stolen. Um, so we set everything. We put up, put up everything. It was, uh, so we don't have any experience. We took lights with us, which we, we had only used once before. Because um, I wanted to create something that looked like television. And so it took a long time to set everything up. Then we had trouble with microphones because, of course, I'm using only one DSLR camera and I use my old Sony uh, camera that is actually really subpar quality. It doesn't have really good audio settings and everything. It was a bit of a hassle, but once it was in place like martin was uh uh, monitoring one camera i was monitoring the other one i explained three minutes long after two minutes you'll get a signal that you'll need to wrap up and we'll just go for it and we we went and it's as if they had done this a thousand times before they were so like easygoing and natural totally natural on camera which is rare um and later on John t- tells me well this is actually what I always do. this is always what we do after the movie we sit in the car we drive back home and we talk about this movie what did you think what what did you like most and um so we actually in in 45 minutes I'm not a, it, uh, I'm not making this up in 45 minutes we film 13 movie reviews And every movie review is exactly three minutes long, which is a really great duration for social media. And I'm so, like, I couldn't believe that we were doing this uh, and that it worked. And so in 45 minutes, we produce an entire pilot series of movie reviews. And then afterwards, we uh, we go for lunch and we talk about what should be the title of this show, And um, we go back and forth a little bit. And ultimately, a day later, I came up with the title Film Vlog, which actually is also Dutch. Because we know the word vlog, we know film. Um, And in the Netherlands, uh, movies are called films, just like in the UK. Film Vlog. It's a vlog about films. Everybody understands that. There's, you know, and the thing is, in the Netherlands, it's... There are almost no television shows about movies. Sounds hard to believe, but they they, they have all disappeared. There's one commercial show, I think, where they do that. And it's not even movie reviews. That's more like the glamorous side and interviews with famous actors. But there is a neat... And also on YouTube, almost no reviews. There are a few newspapers that will actually do movie reviews. But who reads newspapers? At least not our target audience. So I'm thinking, if we pitch this correctly and we put some promotion on this, this can become a leading movie review series. And it will bring people into... It, that's the first point of contact. And if we have parallel channels with other content, it will bring over people, just like we've done with Tritio and with SQPN. It will help people discover other content as well. Um, and then I'm thinking okay, it's called film vlog one downside of working like this is we can only go there once a month because they live in a a city in the south of the country it takes us more than an hour to get there by car so we can't afford plus we have a lot of other work to do as well so we we can't actually be on top of the news and so this morning I was thinking about that while running thinking we call this film vlog why don't we Organize a phone with a good front frontal camera that is a bit wider than usual cameras. I was thinking of the LG, for instance. The LG Q8 or Q7 came out, uh, which has actually pretty mediocre lenses, but the front lens is an extra wide; it's a hundred percent wide-angle or a hundred percent field of view wide-angle lens. So it's really good for selfies. And I think of you know why don't we? That's actually a very affordable phone. We'll put that in a gimbal, so that you know they don 't have to worry about shaky cameras and stuff and every time they go to the movies, they take that set with them and they record their first impressions and I know that they can do what they did there on the spot. they can do that by themselves as well, um, so they will just be both in the in the in the in the camera because it has this nice self heat wide angle they can just go sit somewhere in that movie theater and film those first impressions. And that way, is because they always go to the premieres of movies, so they're one of the first people in the country to have seen a movie and to be able to review it. We can be extremely topical. If we put that online, then it's immediately... Like, people want to know if a movie is worth their time. And they're very eclectic in their taste. They can actually... They appreciate movies that I really don't care for or... And I'm like, I don't know if that's my type of movie. And so I, they have a quality to appeal to a very broad audience. It's a very m- kind of measured approach to, to the movies. Um, so that could really become a thing. I think it could actually become perhaps, uh, I don't know, I dare to think big. It could be one of the leading uh, movie v- vlogs in the Netherlands. And then I'm thinking, so if we already do these short reviews as, as vlogs, as uh, real vlogs, filmed with a, photo ca- or with a uh, phone, then we could actually pick two, one or two of the movies that touched them the most, that made them think, and we will film a longer discussion about the themes in those movies. So that if we go there and we film with real cameras and, and with lights and everything, we can actually take more time to film a, an in-depth discussion about some of those movies. And then if you bring all that together and you combine it, for instance, with uh, every once in a while we could go to premiere like what I do when I go to a premiere of Star Wars, we could do that with, with the Domics as well. and Or, I mean, we have film productions in our own country. We could perhaps visit a set from time to time all depending, of course, on the availability of our hosts. But there are so many ways in which you can add value to that. And then you could tie all that together, in addition to what you post on social media. My bike is still there. Woohoo! Nice. And with that content, every I think every month, you could create a television show of about half an hour that will be high quality, will be super engaging. It will be a television show it has already an existing audience because the film lovers will already know the Domics because they're following them on YouTube or whatever social media we post this on and so that would be another way to distribute the contents that you've already produced but then as a television show uh, so it's just an example of my thinking of the the way I try to be creative and find low-cost, low, and low en- well, not low-energy, but um, uh, the, the high, low-cost, high-efficiency uh, solutions to creating content that I can pitch. Now, am I going to the left? Or- I'm going to the left. Take another way home. I'm stepping on my bike. Uh, oh, I can sit. I've been walking for a few hours now. so it would actually be nice to sit on my bike again and feel some of the air. Now, the sun is still up, but it's going down quickly now. So I guess in about half an hour from now, it'll probably be gone. Um, but I'll be home then. But it's, it's, this is a story that I can tell. And, and actually, we have already produced all those short episodes... If we continue to work on this pilot for, let's say, two, three more months and work this into a quality production, and we can start building that community right now already because we have content. We can start building that channel, this, this film vlog, and, to, and build an audience around film vlog uh, right from the get-go so that the moment we start talking to our hopeful hopefully future partners in this endeavor, we can show them this is how you do it. This does not cost much. It, but you, you, you find engaging people, people that share your mission, people that have a passion about something that is shared with a large group of people. You film this in an efficient way. You patch it together. You create an online audience. And that can create a platform that will even make this viable ultimately as a TV show or as an on-demand production or whatever. There's, there's so many channels on which you can post stuff like this. That what, what, what you need to do first is create content that reflects your mission and that has quality and that, is, that has value that you can't find anywhere else. If I would do this on an nas- uh, international level... And I've, I've kind of toyed with the idea because both of them actually speak English very well. So I could also do everything twice and let them record the same movie reviews in English. But then I'm thinking, first of all, it adds a lot of extra work because all that needs to be edited as well. It puts a strain on the hosts because why stop at English? You could also do that in French and German. So where where do you actually... Uh, draw the line but also and this is much more important who is going to watch that because in English you can find millions of vlogs about movies and very well filmed movie reviews with it's it's impossible to stand out and we're very late to the game I think on an international level so why not just leave that as it is? There is not a de- if there's no demand, then you can make beautiful products, but nobody cares because they are already, uh, they have what they need elsewhere as well. You, they can find it elsewhere as well. So and it simplifies things. So that, that's that's an example. Uh, I've been writing down some other ideas. That's what I love about you know this, this, these summer times. I have extra time to think. And my long runs actually allow me to, to uh, develop my thoughts as well. I never uh, run... I used to run always with listening, while listening to audiobooks or podcasts or music. I really don't do that anymore because my brain needs to be empty so I can think creatively. And that's what I do on those early mornings on Sunday when I run 18 miles Ugh, this upcoming Sunday. I have to do that. It's also the Sunday where I have to celebrate two masses and then travel all the way to Germany with the kids on the summer camp. And while you're listening to this, I'm already there. (laughs) But during those 18 miles, I can come up with ideas. And the first thing I do when I get back home is I write down those ideas in one note. I take a shower and, and I know that something will come out of that. So I wrote so some of the other areas of interest that I'm thinking about now is, um, is cooking. That's a very easy, very well-known, broad-spectrum type of show. Um, you know, like the you have these baking contests and uh, the MasterChef. You know how much I love those shows. Well, I'm thinking you could do something, not, of course not on that scale, but you can do something in that style with that positive vibe. And uh, and make it about, not just... And that's what MasterChef Australia does so masterfully. Mm, pun intended. Uh, it's not just about the cooking. It's about the people. You really love the participants. They're f- so enthusiastic and 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 you really you you care for them and you hate to see them go but well that's part of the game it's it's one of the i think the biggest secrets of the whole uh, Master Chef formula so That it's ultimately not about cooking it's about the people that cook well that is something that you can do on a small scale as well you know do cooking with people that actually have a story to tell and then use the cooking as a hook to let people listen to those stories and I, can, I, I have a couple of ideas that I want to work out and I think if, if, if I'm enthusiastic as, to the point that I want to see that show and it doesn't exist then I know that I have to make it. So cooking. Another one. Easy. In a certain way. Is art. I can imagine a series where we go and discover Christian art there is a big museum in Utrecht um, that has specialized in Christian art um, and in Christian history and there are so many hidden treasures there and what you need is a engaging host that knows a lot about this and knows how to excite people whether it be adults or teenagers or or kids Why why not why not do a show about kids, uh, about art and kids and make it educational like, I, there's so many possibilities and, and again it's easy to, to film if you have a museum close to where I live um, that also has a, 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 a need for exposure of course, you always have to look for win-win situations where uh, there's also something in it for the people that help you make the show the clicking sound you hear is by the way me changing gears on my bike Get a really nice uh, uh, revolving handle here on my on the on the right steering. What how do you call this? The, the, the steering thing. The <laughs> I need to get another bike. By the way, still haven't bought a new bike. This one is at the end of its life. But so uh, uh, what else? Um, I've been, I'm trying to come up with, think of some of the ideas that I wrote down. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Well, one of, of course, one of the things, a long, long long-time ideas that I had was, why don't we do something uh, with Lego for kids? There's such a need for education, fun education, (laughs) religious education in schools and families. And uh, there is a lot of stuff, but it's all on paper. It's all kind of old-fashioned and sometimes a bit sappy and uh, cringeworthy. I I think that the Catholic faith deserves something fresh and funny and quality that people actually want to watch (laughs) and want to share. And the Lego videos that we made proved my point that if you do that well... It can be a monster hit, because there's such a, a desire for that kind of content. But then, I'm thinking, why stop there? Why just do something with Lego? Of course I want to do that, but that's, that's, that's actually quite labor-intensive. It may not be something that we can do right away, but... Um, we could also look at other formats for kids, educational formats, that have a large following on the Internet. Um, I, I heard about this show what was it again? It's basically a show where, where you've got uh, uh, some uh, group of young people that do all sorts of stunts. Um, and, but a lot of those stunts are also a bit kind of sciencey. Uh, they'll make these impossible machines, or they'll you know build stuff, and it's, it's very well filmed. Um, and every video makes you go wow that is cool (laughs) and especially if you want to reach like a younger audience um, the cool factor is important so I'm thinking okay well I can't do a show about exploding stuff or something (laughs) you know the uh, Mentos type of experiments. so here's a bottle of coke and coca cola let's put in the Mentos Um, that, that is funny but that, that, there is no content there so how can you combine the kind of the um, uh, the attractiveness of that format which is mostly fun and add depth to it now, that's a challenge how can you make a Catholic educational show that is not boring and is not uh, talking down to kids trying to push knowledge in their heads (laughs) how can we make something that is both fun that where in which kids play the main role that can be hilarious and exhilarating and at the same time transmit important values and I've, again, this is how it works, instead of thinking, that's not possible, you know, catechesis should be serious and you can't turn everything into fun, <laughs> if, you, if you make it too much fun it, it goes to the detriment of the contents, instead of thinking that way, which is very negative and always starting to like, what you can't do is trying to think the other way. It is possible to do something that is both fun and educational. I know it exists. I only need to discover it. <laughs> when I say it, it exists, it exists in the future. And the only thing I need to figure out is how to get to that future. <laughs> well, one idea that I had, and it's, it's take it for what it's worth. I'm going down a hill, that's why you hear uh, so much wind noise. Oops, there's someone walking three dogs. On the biking lane, which is not the smartest thing to do with the dogs. Anyway. Um, So one thought that crossed my mind is, well, why don't we appeal to what kids actually uh, easily agree upon is, is an important value, and that is to share... And to help people in need. Uh, children are often very generous when it comes to that. And of, but of course their, their means to do that are very little. They, they may get a little bit of pocket money, but they don't have a job. Well, one of the things that uh, I believe uh, is, is, is very important to convey and has a message beyond uh, the, just kids is we are responsible for each other on this planet we need to help the sick the poor the works of mercy kids can understand the word the works of mercy they may not understand Trinitarian theology but the works of mercy you can explain that to kids and I I always believe that there is a time for, th- for everything you don't have to for, for a child to do its first communion they don't need to have a master's degree in in theology start with the simple things that kids that are part of the world of kids and trust the Holy Spirit that over time they will discover, they will, you know faith if it's really lived and celebrated will always evoke questions and, and start a process of, of trying to discover more about your faith Fides Quirinus Intellectum Intellectum Feed Fidem So understanding builds faith, and faith seeks understanding. And that's true for kids as well. So, I'm thinking, why don't we do something that is uh, uh, where kids will raise, try to raise money for other kids. We do that with adults all the time, uh, especially during uh, time of Lent and Advent, We even have an organization here in the Netherlands... ...that tries to motivate people... ...mostly churchgoers... ...to donate for charity. And I'm thinking you could... ...you can totally... uh, ...turn that into a program for kids as well... ...where kids let them... ...kids come up with something... ...a stunt... ...something that they can do... ...and then find sponsors... For for that stunt. So if a kid can paint 50 paintings in three minutes, I'm just on the top of my head. I don't know if that is actually something that kids can do. But let's say, or a kid can uh, ride a bike. Uh, let's try to find something safe. <laughs> um, or a little, I don't know magic tricks kids love to do magic tricks well why don't we do something like if a kid pulls off this magic trick uh, what would it be worth to adults and, and we, we involve the adults with that so you, you could do like something that looks like uh, America got, America's Got Talent but that's an ego show that's all about becoming famous and showing off and there's nothing wrong with that but the Catholic variant that I want to make is a talent show where the kids are not after their own glory they want to do something spectacular that adults can sponsor can you imagine that and then you could combine that with videos of the uh, where, that that show the world of those other kids that, that, that these kids help and I think that alone you know it is it created it it, it, create, it, it combines fun and uh, the type of program that works really well with this generation with something that goes way beyond just becoming famous etc so it changes the mindset of children and isn't that what faith is doing or what you hope faith is doing it changes your mindset, what are you after in life what, how do you use your talents do you use it for yourself to show off become famous, or can I use my talents to help other children in need? It's just a rant, I mean, I know that this may sound very far-fetched, or perhaps it's, how are you going to pull that off? I don't know. But this is just an idea of, like, I I ask myself a question very often when I don't know, this is the way I do my homilies. I read the gospel, I read the, 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 the readings, and then I ask myself, and I ask... God, what am I going to say about this? How does this matter to me? And how can this matter to my parishioners? And how can I get to the homily that I know I'm going to give in, in the upcoming Mass? Uh, I know the homily is already there in the future, but how can I get to that point? So there's always challenging yourself to think creatively creatively Uh, Instead of panicking and saying, well, I didn't prepare my homily. I don't know what to say. Uh, No, I know that I'm going to do a homily. I know that it's a good one. How do I get to that point? It's a different mindset. And you can do that with creative thinking around programming as well. Like I know that this channel is going to be a major success. I know that we will come up with shows that will really reach a large audience. I know that all that exists in the future the question I have to ask myself is how do I get there and how can I discern which programs those are (laughs) and how can I prevent myself from putting time and energy into stuff that actually is not part of that future well the only person who knows what what that future is who actually really knows the future is God And so, this creative process is also part of a process of faith, where I know that God has a plan. Um, But it's more than that. God knows how to reach His, his goal, and it's ultimately only about what he wants, is to embrace everything in his love and save mankind and make people happy and let them you know, build the world according to His His wisdom. So God knows all that. And if God knows where we should be, where we should end up, He also knows the way to that. And the way is Jesus. Jesus is the way. So if I ask God to give me the the guidance, who's giving the guidance? The Holy Spirit. If I ask God for the Holy Spirit to help me find the way which is jesus then i will actually get to that future that god has in store for me this sounds very pious and very abstract <laughs> and it is but that's just how my mind works it's, it's like I, I know that this is possible I'd, I'd never tell me the odds i'm very han solo like that um never tell me that something is not possible because it, that blocks the future it it, it also put, puts limits on what what god can make happen instead dare to dream dare to plan dare to be creative because uh you know who is ultimately the source hold on who is i had a an itch in my on my left ear probably a mosquito but i also i'm carrying the microphone in my left hand um but if, if, if you say something is not possible Oh, you, I will never be able to do that It's so that mindset that you find often in parishes Like, oh, we're never going to reach that younger generation That's a lost generation Well, what about first consulting God Before you say something stupid like that Because it's stupid It's human thinking It's the kind of thinking that you see with the apostles where We only have five breads and two fish Fishes that can never be enough for 5,000 men we did, we did the calculus. Jesus, this is impossible. Take a look at that. You know, it's easy. A child can see that it's, this is not possible. And Jesus said, well, this child is just bringing you stuff. You never hear the, the, the kid who brings the, the loaves and the fish, you know, <laughs> warn the apostles, there's only five bread and two fishes, you know. May as well eat that myself. No, he just, he offers it to Jesus, knowing very well, Jesus can do miracles. That's that's what faith is all about. The apostles they they calculate, they he, reason the human way, instead of doing what Jesus actually wants to teach them, and that is to have faith. That God can do miracles with very little. But if you don't give Him the little the, the little bit the little things that you have, then of course He can't do anything and that's that 's kind of the mindset that I try to stay in as much as I can, not be di- uh, uh, n- not limiting my dreams, but always putting them to the test and 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 discern if my dreams actually are part of what got of god 's plans. but God is pretty ambitious, I think <laughs> we see Jesus being very ambitious all the time, so a pretty big chance that his father is also quite ambitious so why wouldn't we be ambitious and at the same time be humble know that sometimes God has other plans the kids in church uh, learned something important just a few weeks ago in uh, we always have like a service of the word for the kids and they come back and they tell us what they learned and uh, so one of these kids says God we've learned today that God always answers our questions and his answer to every prayer so God answers every prayer but his answer is either yes or I have a better idea and I was like wow that is so true and such a, a a great thing to understand as a child so God never says no to our prayers he always says, yes, or I have a better idea. And that better idea can also imply that we don't really get that idea. We don't understand that better idea. We just have to trust that it's better than our ideas. And that's true. That's true. And that's why you can, can be confident and you don't have to fear that, you know, fear to have ambitions or to dream or to, to, to think big. Because, you know, as long as you ask God to help you, He will go along with you or he has a better idea. And the next question is, well, show me your idea. Just let me know. Uh, Okay, I'm stepping off my bike here because I have a... got to climb up this ramp. I'm at the big square with the shops. What time is it? It's 9 o'clock. And I have to... This is a pedestrian area. But I have to go over the square to get to my house. Um that's it well that's what i wanted to share with you just a little exercise in creative thinking but this it was a little insight in how my brain works and how i think about the things i do in life and especially the creative stuff that i do hopefully um this this was interesting if not well you're probably not listening to me anyway so thanks for listening all the way to the end um I'll be back from vacation uh, towards in the in the last week of August. And uh, keep an eye on Facebook and on Twitter. I'm Father Roderick. Also, make sure you follow Tridio Media on Facebook and on Twitter. And I'm sure that every once in a while I'll show you some pictures of my adventures in Spain. <laughs> when I'm steaming there in the excruciating heat that is... Uh, currently destroying in Europe. But uh, I'll, I'll be back before you know it. Take care, have a, have a great summer, and I'll talk to you soon.